Raven's Veil is a dark fantasy horror anthology podcast that may contain explicit language and thematic elements not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Raven's Veil, a dark fantasy horror anthology podcast set in the shadowy world of the Deep South, a convergent reality situated around what most of humanity has accepted as reality. Obscured from human eyes, Raven's Veil is a mystical sanctuary intended to preserve the existence of its immortal inhabitants. The Macquarie, commonly referred to as witches, have been hunted since before written history. The witches of the Highlands fled persecution to a new land that would come to be known as Appalachia. In these parts, you should always be leery of the things that scare witches. The veil is thin tonight, family. Let's see what darkness lies beyond. Well, hey there, family. We're delighted to see you've come back for a little visit. We appreciate each and every one of you. We're so excited about what we have coming up for you as we head into the high holy days of Halloween. Expect some announcements real soon. Now that our folks have gotten past the COVID curse, we plan on changing things up a bit, especially over at the Cauldron. Now, if you recall, Miss Sybil has a damn demon trying to kill her, and it seemed like she was going to be in a whole heap of trouble. But Aunt Ruby B showed up just in the nick of time. They seem to have barely gotten away with their lives in the last episode. Mercy, I sure am glad Aunt Ruby B was strong enough to get them safely to Ravensville. I wouldn't want to run up on that demon for nothing. That old demon would scare the dang wits out of me. Now, I think Miss Sybil might be in for one hell of a surprise this go round but I'm sure thinking that Aunt Ruby B might be going to set things straight. It's no telling what winds up happening. So settle down now, family, and listen up. Sybil was on the verge of panic. She thought, What in God's good heavens has happened? One minute, she was in the house, and the next thing she knew, she was somewhere she had never been before. She looked around the large room. She had never seen anything like it. And Aunt Ruby B acted like it was all just normal, just okay. Sybil didn't know what to say. And what more, she didn't know what to do, or I guess what not to do. The room was spinning, and she felt like she was going to puke. Aunt Ruby B had said butterflies but Sybil felt like a small herd of stomping hogs were running loose in her belly. But Sybil was in Ashford, and Ashfords don't stay down. So it didn't take her long for her to pull herself together and get her bearings. How in the world did we get here? Sybil thought. Her belly was settling down now, and she started to look around. None of this made any sense. She had never really seen a room like this. It was so big. The floors and walls were all dark marble, and the slightest sound echoed like yelling off the hill over at her granny's house. There was a big square in the middle of the room 
that looked like it had water in it. There were no windows, only a single arch on the far left end of space that might have been some kind of weird door that she couldn't really tell. She looked over at Aunt Ruby B with tears in her eyes and began to ramble out a bunch of questions so fast that even Aunt Ruby B couldn't keep up. What's going on? How did we get here? What did you do to us? What in the hell is this place? Where are we? She screamed, not giving Aunt Ruby B a chance to get a word in edgewise. All the while, Aunt Ruby B stood patiently, shaking her head and kindly waiting for Sybil to simmer down and give her time to explain. Sybil, you said you trusted me, right? She asked. Sybil nodded her head yes. Well, sweetie, this is going to be a hard story to hear. And it's a darn shame you'll be hearing it this way. I'm so, so sorry. I had hoped we would have more time, but it didn't seem like time is our friend just this minute. We... We had hoped it would be a few more years, and certainly under much different circumstances. But here we are. She paused to make sure Sybil was keeping up with her. Sybil hung on every word, her eyes pleading for something that would make sense. (sighs) So, well, I don't know how to say this. I promised your mom I would take care of you, and I have done my best. The first thing you got to know is, well, our family is a little different, honey. We've been around a long time. Longer than you can imagine right now. Well, I suppose I just need to come out with it. You're a witch, Sybil. I mean, we are witches. More technically, we're Macquarie. Sybil looked at Aunt Ruby B like she was a three-headed dog. But Aunt Ruby B with her loving and kind way, just took it in stride and said, Yes, sweetie, I know. It's hard to believe. But I feel like you always knew there was something different about us deep down in your heart, didn't you? It was at that moment that Sybil could see her Aunt Ruby B was being serious. Well, hey there, family. The crew over here at Ravensvale wanted to take a minute and thank you for all your wonderful support. We also wanted to tell you about an exciting event that we're producing. We are incredibly proud to announce that on Saturday, October 7th, 2023, we will be hosting the first ever Appalachian Horror Fest. The evening will be filled with spine-tingling tales from some of the best storytellers in the region, as well as some outstanding musical guests. We feel so lucky to be able to host this event in our hometown of Knoxville, Tennessee at Central Cinema, home of the Knoxville Horror Film Festival. The wonderful Natalia Smith will be headlining the festival, and the event will be held from 6 p.m. until 10 p.m. Admissions will be $25 for advanced tickets and $30 at the door. Our featured musician includes Knoxville local Locke Brown, South Carolina's own Jack Greer, and Cody Blackwell. Our storytellers will entertain you with tales from around the world and close to home. Gather up your friends, turn off your cell phone, and spend an evening relaxing with us, listening to the spooky stories from world-class storytellers. Just so you know, seats are limited, so get your tickets early. Regrettably, the content of our evening of blood-curdling storytelling may include explicit language and thematic elements not suitable for all audiences. For those attending, discretion is advised. 
Only individuals 18 years of age and older may attend this event. People have told scary stories since the beginning of time, and the staff and family here at Ravensvale Podcast have prioritized keeping that tradition alive by providing a platform for storytellers to spin their tales. So, family, to learn more about this special event, head over to ravensvale.com and click Horror Fest on the menu bar. On behalf of the entire Ravensvale family, we can't wait to see you there. Sybil couldn't speak yet. She just kind of shook her head weakly, yes. Well, I guess we can start with the hard part first. That creature is is a demon that wants to kill you, baby. Now, don't get me wrong. It wants to kill us all, but especially you, Sybil. It's coming for, for you. I know this don't make much sense, so let's start at the beginning. A long time ago, a bad man named Godfrey Allistone bound that demon to his will. You see, Godfrey was a witch hunter. We ain't sure how he managed it, but evidently the demon is one of the lords of the seventh circle of the void or something like that. Aunt Ruby B paused, shaking her head back and forth. She put her hands softly on Sybil's shoulders, wanting to take away all of the confusion, but she knew she couldn't. I want to show you something, sweetie, and maybe it will help make things easier to swallow. Sybil watched Aunt Ruby B intently as Aunt Ruby B said, Vigno. And that strange piece of wood that she had been holding back at the house suddenly appeared in her hand. Sybil had seen magicians at the Greene County Fair do stuff like that, but she knew all that was tricks and carnival hocus-pocus, but what Aunt Ruby B had just done didn't look like a trick. Sybil couldn't imagine why she would even try to trick her. She figured Aunt Ruby B was serious, but it was so hard to take in. Aunt Ruby B closed her eyes and whispered, Mahekto Ravi. And a little table with two chairs and what looked like two pieces of apple stack cake and two glasses of milk appeared right in front of her. That was almost too much for Sybil, she thought nervously. I might be going crazy. Maybe I'm already there. She had always looked up to Aunt Ruby B, and Sybil knew she knew Aunt Ruby B would never do anything to hurt her. So when Aunt Ruby B gently guided her to the table and sat her down, she allowed it. Aunt Ruby B, in her soft, comforting pastor's wife voice, asked, Are you all right, child? You look like death warmed over, and I don't blame you. How long has it been since you ate anything? Sybil thought for a moment. I don't know. I don't know how long I was trapped in that house. How long has it been since I was supposed to come over to your place for the reunion? Aunt Ruby B looked a little bit more worried. She swallowed hard and almost in tears said, Child, that was over, over a week ago Saturday. Just don't understand why the wards didn't call me sooner. I'm going to need you to eat a little something for me, sugar. Aunt Ruby B sat down at the table and waited for Sybil to eat some cake and drink some of the cold milk. When she could see Sybil was doing a little better, she began. So, many years ago, when you were about 15, such a beautiful young girl, 
your, your power started to manifest. Your mama and daddy had moved to Hemlock Holler to get you far away from everything pertaining to McCory for a little bit. Now, I'm going to do my very best to explain, and I need you to open your heart and know that your mama and daddy, they loved you so very much. You gotta promise me you're gonna be calm when I tell you. They did what they thought was best for you, child. Well, we did. So, Sybil, you're special, like your mama was, by the time she was 900 years old. Sybil snapped to attention like a gun had gone off right beside her, but Aunt Ruby B continued. I know. Child, there's so much to take in. She looked at Sybil with a sad compassion in her eyes and continued. Well, as I was saying, by the time she was 900 years old, she had mastered all three of the magical ascensions and had started to attune the fourth. So, when your power started showing up like any young witch, you were a little clumsy, but she was able to teach you some very powerful and advanced spells. It was clear you were quite the gifted one. Your mama tested you, and you could easily reach out to all the ascensions, even the divine ascension. Before you turned 17, your power was so strong that it was like a beacon for that demon. Well... We all knew you were fated for greatness. Probably the most powerful witch ever born. We talked to the elders to try to figure out what to do. Your daddy, out of desperation, called Nadira to come out of the void, and we made a plan. The only way we could figure to protect you and keep you safe was to put a temporary stilling on your powers. And your mama created a divine spell that would temporarily erase your memory of magic. It was a new magic. No one but her could even understand it. As powerful as your daddy was, it was beyond him. But you have his blood, too. And he was the leader of the Coven of Covens. He was the only son of the first leader of the Macquarie, Giles Ashford. He was so, so powerful. (sighs) But one night in late December, just before Christmas... The demon found us. We were just set for dinner when the protective ward alerted us. Your daddy hurried off to here, and me, your mama, and Theodore Eugene battled with that demon something awful. When it was over, we had won the battle, but we knew the war was far from over. As soon as we could, we glinted to Raven's Vale to make sure you and your daddy were safe and sound. Your mama got injured during that fight. Well, injured might be a touch misleading. Let's just say it took an enormous toll on your mama. I know you want to hear the truth, but remember, she was my sister, and I loved her so, so very much. I'll do my best to help you understand. I remember Mary laying in a darkened room that she recognized weren't her bedroom, in the bed she had shared with your daddy for just shy of 1,110 years. Palmer, your daddy, had brought their bed to Raven's Vale to offer her some amount of comfort. Regardless of what he or any of us did for her, there was no comfort for her. Weakened almost to the point of death, this curse, or whatever it was, had hit her without warning. As a Macquarie, she was immortal, but somehow this thing was slowly killing her. During her life, 
Mary had gained powerful magic. At a very young age, she had mastered her native moon magic. And as time passed, she showed a tremendous and unexpected aptitude for earth and sun magic. She had even learnt to wield some divine magic, a blessing only a few people in history had ever gained. Whatever this was, it seemed to get stronger as Mary weakened. Every time Mary used her magic now, the curse would grow in strength. As her strength waned, she became racked with constant pain. As a healer and a protector, I was able to ease her pain for a little while until her mind started to become clouded and confused. Every Macquarie knows that an insane witch has to be dealt with swiftly, lest they destroy everyone and everything around them. Mary's thoughts grew so scattered that she couldn't form sentences. During her few moments of clarity, she begged us, made us swear an oath to protect you. Aunt Ruby B. stared off into space for a long while. Then she cleared her throat and said, <clears throat> Oh my, I haven't thought about all that in a very long time. Anyway, Nadira had insisted that your daddy leave Hemlock Holler for good and go live at Ravensvale. And you, being 17, well, we kept you back in the holler with memories of losing your mama and daddy on a trip to my house. We made sure you had a home and plenty of money. We put protections on the whole town, especially your house and the school. That house in the woods? That was your home your whole life until the demon came. Your daddy even convened the entire coven of covens, all 169 of them, to cast the stoutest protection wards anyone had ever seen. And we imbued them with a consciousness formed from our memories of your mama. We made it into a safe house to protect you if anything went wrong. I'm not sure why it all happened when it did, but I suspect your memory spell started to fail, triggering the house to glint you directly to her. Sybil stared at the last bite of apple stack cake on her plate. She was exhausted. She couldn't think, and her body hurt. But she somehow knew she was safe for now. Well, family, that's a whole lot to unpack in one episode. I think Sybil needs a good night's sleep or 10. Be assured, it sounds like Aunt Ruby B has it all under control. If you like what you've heard in this episode, Make sure you tune in to our next episode and see what's happening with Miss Sybil and Aunt Ruby B. Now, family, you adults have a few chores to do. If you haven't already, go on over to ravensvale.com and see about doing your chores on social media. Follow us on the social media platforms we've made available just for you guys and tell your friends about us, won't you? And don't forget to check out the Appalachian Horror Fest. So until next time, family... See you soon. From everyone at the Ravensvale crew, Happy Happy Thanksgiving! Ravensvale is a production of Small Raven Media. Today's story was written and narrated by Ed Bolton Greer. The voice of Sybil was performed by Kristen Newby. The voice of Aunt Ruby B was performed by Lena Perkins. Vocal effects for Vrock Crossell was performed by Jared Bolton Greer. Audio engineering and sound design by Nick Devan at Nikki D Sound.